Welcome to A Way Through, brought to you by Archway Academy, where education meets recovery. Archway is a sober high school in the sunny heart of Houston, Texas. We meet the individual educational needs of teens recovering from substance use disorder with care, compassion, respect, and rigor. Archway is the largest recovery high school in the nation, and we are here to remind you that you may not be able to see it now, but something different is possible. This is A Way Through. Hello and welcome to A Way Through. I am your host, Sasha Coles, Executive Director for Archway Academy, and we're thrilled to have you listening with us today. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, please go back and listen now. We also invite you to subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram at Archway Academy, and on Facebook at Archway Academy HTX. Our message on A Way Through is that you may not be able to see it now, but something different is possible. And that difference is really made by uh, your family accessing treatment services, mental health services in your local community. And I'm um, just having the knowledge that there are incredible programs in the Houston area and outside of the Houston area that are here to serve your family as you are walking through some of the challenges of substance use, the challenges of mental health issues within your family, some family dynamics that may not be serving your family well, and that you don't have to be doing this alone, that there are uh, trusted professionals here to help support you and guide you, and that there are other families who have a similar shared experience who are also here to just sort of befriend your family on, uh, on this journey to understanding more about substance use and how it can impact your team. So on today's podcast, we have an incredible guest, Beth Eversall, who is the executive director for PADAP, the Palmer Drug Abuse Program, which is the oldest and longest running alternative peer group um, that was founded right here in Houston, Texas, back in the 70s. So Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with our listeners. Thank you for having me, Sasha. Beth, you have the the privilege of um, running right now one of the longest standing youth recovery programs in the country. Tell us a little bit about how PDAP got started and what you guys have been up to the last 40, 50 years. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so PDAP is 51 this year, and um, we have been celebrating that milestone for the past year and our very grateful to the recovery community for its support and being able to work together with other treatment providers, other alternative care groups to really join forces in this fight against addiction. PIDAP was founded in 1971 off of the premise of, you know, teens needing a developmentally appropriate group, peer group to find recovery with. And that was not found in your traditional 12-step meetings or other recovery pathways. And so from that, it grew into being able to have parent meetings, sibling meetings, and other sober social events that we even host to this day to really support teens and having that positive peer pressure moment around substance abuse. So there are many things that uh, that I love about collaborating with PADAP because many of the PADAP students or clients are also students at Archway. And so we get to work with the same families. And one thing I hear over and over again 
from the young people is that they didn't know that they could find fun in recovery. Talk a little bit about what PADAP does to help sobriety not look like this horribly (laughs) terrible experience. Yes, I think that's one of the biggest questions when you're a young person is, will I still be able to have fun? And who will I be able to have fun with because of losing your friend group that previously, you know, was a part of the negative culture around substances in your life? And so we promote fun every day after school. We have programs that are during that out of school time because that's a high risk time for use where the teens can come and hang out. They can do homework if they want. That's not necessarily fun. They can do that. They can play board games with each other. They do a lot of different card games and things like that that are just something for them to be able to relax and be themselves and be a part of. So we try to keep them off their phones. (laughs) And uh, we do have some technology. We have video games that can be fun if used moderately. So we do that sometimes. And I think The biggest events we have are on Fridays and Saturdays, and those are what we call our sober social functions, our outings. And the teens are a big part of creating the culture around those outings because they determine where they want to go on the weekends and what they want to do. So if they want to go play laser tag, they want to go go go-karting, they want to go to the zoo or a museum, we are here to support them in doing that. And our staff are able to go with them and they're able to have a lot of fun. Oh, so I hear um, when the students come to Archway on Monday, we get to hear a whole lot about the fun that <laughs> happened over the weekend. And I think a lot of the kids that access mental health services and recovery support services have gone through a period of time where they've really found it difficult to have fun without the use of illegal drugs or alcohol or other substances. And so, you know, to see them reconnect with the fun and joy of doing sort of those old simple things they used to do, like card games and going to the museum and having a house party at someone's house whose parents are there and it's being appropriately supervised or going to swim somewhere or going to a laser tag place. It's something like maybe they hadn't done in a while. And so it's reconnecting them with some of those simple joys again, like that you can have the best time and the most amazing stories because of who you're hanging out with and how you feel about yourself and the better pro-social choices that you're making, Mm -hmm. um, where you're not constantly worried. Are you about to get pulled over? Are you going to get in trouble? Are you going to have some kind of horrible traumatic experience happen because you're under the influence and can't make good choices? Those things are sort of taken off the table and they're, they're left with just kind of a more simple, joyful fun time of being young, reconnecting with that again. So we hear all of those amazing stories when the kids come to Archway on uh, on Monday morning and talk about all the amazing things that they did with their alternative peer groups with PIDAP and the other groups over the weekend. It's one of my favorite things to hear. Um, yes, that is. It's very exciting for me to see, to be a part of it as well, to get to experience the fun with them. Another thing I failed to mention that we have are clubs. And so we've started clubs as a way to kind of round out holistic recovery and also be able to have fun, but really as a way to engage leisure activities in a way that's healthy for you and to determine what you like and don't like in leisure. And so we've had craft club. That's a big fun one. We've had a videography club. We've had a photography club and the kids really get to have a big part and a big say in when we have those two. 
So Beth, I know that prior to you coming on as the executive director of PADAP, you had worked in the recovery community and the mental health community for a long time. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you did before PADAP. Yes. So I received my master's degree in social work from the University of Houston Graduate School of Social Work right here. I became a licensed clinical social worker and was an addiction therapist initially at the Menninger Clinic, which is primary psychiatric and co-occurring disorders hospital here in Houston, and um, was there for quite a while, also helping coordinate the recovery meetings that were on campus for alumni. And then I transitioned to outpatient treatment and was at Luna Recovery Services for a little while. And as the clinical director, I failed to mention that I'm also a licensed chemical dependency counselor. I don't know if that matters or not, but so have been working with addiction and mental health for quite a while now. So tell me a little bit about what some of your sort of the top things that you tend to hear from parents as they're first entering into your group. What are some of the the common shared experiences that you hear from the brand new parents about what they're experiencing in the family? Yeah, so I think the number one thing that we hear is this sense of fear, real fear that their child might be on the wrong path or might be might be diagnosed with a substance use disorder and that fear of where do I go next or what do I do next and is this my fault those are the questions that come out often in parents shares and what do you tend to hear most commonly from this from the young people what are some of their the things that you're hearing you know in their shares and groups that kind of seem to transcend every generation of, of PADAPers about their common shared experience of when they first arrive, what their life looks like. We discussed it a little bit, which is, well, I have fun again. How do I do that? Am I losing my friend group? What do I do? And what does my life look like right now? And is this for the rest of my life? So Beth, if you had some, some tips to share mm-hmm. with our listeners that tend to primarily be parents, um, about what they should be looking out for or some of the more common potholes that parents tend to fall into? What tips can you offer? Yes. So I think the number one thing that we see in a teen is a change in behavior related to their friend group. So their friend group might change. So the number one tip that I have is get to know your kiddos' friends and their parents. And that might not be popular with your team, but get to know them and get to spend time with them as well. And then you'll be able to really see if any of those changes are happening within your friend, your team social group. I think the second we see is a real change in behavior around school performance and being able to perform academically, be able to focus and whatnot. So grades can be an indicator if things have been a certain way in the past and those are changing rapidly. You can be able to tell if there's substance use involved or if they're at risk for high-risk behaviors. And and I'm I'm glad you said that, Beth. And in addition to grades, I mean, also like a student's attendance, Yes. you know, even if they're able to keep their grades okay, all of a sudden there's these like kind of unusual attendance issues. They're not feeling well. They're having trouble Mm -hmm. getting to school. They're, you're dropping them off at school and they're not attending all their classes because they're out doing other things, extracurricular things that they shouldn't be doing during the school day. Um, I I would say attendance is also tends to be a a really good red flag for parents. Changes in attendance. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm glad you mentioned that. 
And then um, tell me a little bit about your your team of folks that you have working at PADAP and what gifts you feel like they're bringing to the, your, your current milieu of kids. Yeah, so we have a great team, of course, I'm going to say that, but I think they're all very unique and special and bring their own spin to kind of how to live a life in recovery. And most of our um, staff are recovery coaches who have lived experience and they're able to share that lived experience with the teens and parents who are looking into recovery and living a life of recovery. In our direct care staff, we have our program director who is really someone who looks over the program, gets with the teens and the staff to think about what is needed right now for this generation and what is most needed and in terms of programming and programming hours, sober social activities, hangouts, and meetings. The recovery coaches are the ones who really get in there in the day-to-day and walk hand-in-hand with the teen and the family. Beautiful. And I love, I love that there's sort of like a layered, um, you know, different levels of, of care and support. So everyone's not getting the same thing. And there's a lot of different people on staff that the family can connect with in their own unique way. Um, tell our, our listeners a little bit about the parent group, because that tends to be something that's very, very unique. A lot of families, as they're seeking out some type of healing support for their kids, there is sort of this idea that you just drop your kid off somewhere and like, you know, someone is supposed to take care of that mm-hmm. or fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, but PADAP has a really, a really unique approach that I think makes it special. Talk, talk a little bit about the parent group. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked about the parent group because I feel like it's very strong and we have different modalities in which parents are able to meet. So we have video meetings, uh, telehealth meetings, as well as in-person meetings, and they're concurrent to their child's meetings. So it's kind of the idea of we recover together. And the biggest thing and the number one thing I want parents to take away is that they're not alone. And in those meetings, you're able to really feel that you're not alone. And you're able to get the real-time advice and experience of someone who's been there before. So all of our parent meetings are open to alumni parents as well. And many of those parents are able to come and give back to the community that is currently a part of the parent group. And one other special thing about our parent group is that if your teen is feeling as if they're not ready for recovery or they have to go to a higher level of care, we want you to stay stay with us and be able to be a part of that group because support and having your peers with us is the number one thing. Absolutely. I'm so glad. I, I love the family systemic approach to recovery that, that I find it put up in, in the alternative peer groups. I know you and I have had this conversation actually probably a few years ago about why the systems approach to looking at any challenge, any interpersonal challenge is really important. Because uh, we can't just look at ourselves as as an isolated person because so much of our experience is interpersonal. So whether that's our relationship with our children or our spouses or our employers or our group of friends or our adult parents or whatever it may be, that there's a richness in, in terms of the feedback that we can get and the support that we can find within all of these systems if we engage the systems and the healing mm-hmm. experience. And that is something that I really find special about the alternative peer group model is that it is not just about treating an acute issue with a child. It's about engaging the entire family and any other support person within the family's life. I mean, I know that there are, you know, kids in the last 10 years that have been in your program 
who have grandparents that are more active than their parents or, um, you know, family friends or godparents, or, you know, I think at one time there was even a coach that had really bonded with a kid that was like a little league coach that had been following this kid for years and years and years and was still a very important person who was engaged in a, in a, a parent session um, at what, at one point, because this, this man had some really insightful comments into what some of the challenges of the family were based on all the time he had spent with this young person. So I, I just, I think it's beautiful how you all are weaving in the systems approach to dealing with issues. And it's not kids just being dropped off somewhere to be fixed and healed or medicated without family engagement. So I know that PADAP has put out some incredible uh, data in the past that that really talks about, you know, family engagement being one of the best predictors to long-term success. Um, and I, I believe that to be true. Yes, it is. And I, I think one other thing that I wanted to mention about our family group is that we offer family outings as well quarterly. So those are for the family to be able to families to be able to get together with each other, get to know their friends better and kind of see each other's family dynamic and do exactly what you're talking about, which is create this village of support around a system of support. And, you know, Archway is a huge part of that for our teens and our families, as well as, you know, how we collaborate around the whole system, because, all day you're at school and then you might come to PADAP afterwards and all of those things really impact uh, recovery. Yeah. And quality of life for Mm -hmm. the young person. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about, I know PADAP has um, had experience in supporting traditional schools by doing some work with our local school districts. I also know that you guys do some really incredible uh, community events. Um, you know, sometimes fundraising focus, but sometimes just around community awareness. Can, anything you can share with us about those? Yeah. So we have an event that's actually coming up this spring. That's a big community event and it's for fun and recovery. And that's our fun run. And so that's focused on teens being able to have those sober social times as well as families to engage in, but also the overall community here in Houston and the recovery community. As a whole, are you guys currently doing any of the schools programs? Yes. So, well, we're currently on hold in terms of our prevention program in schools, but we are we're in the transition phase of getting back into the schools, which is that primarily COVID related. Is really hard. Yes, COVID related, and so that's been very difficult in terms of our prevention program. But it's getting back on track and should start with the next school year. Awesome. Wonderful. Beth, what else can you can you think of that would be helpful for listeners to know about who you guys are as an organization? A really good question. I think the number one thing that I want people to know or take away about PDAP is that we're here with you every step of your journey. And that might mean you're with us during those sober social fun times, but it also means that we're going to be with you through the most difficult times and we're going to be holding your hand and really getting to know your family and your experience in a way that is personal to you and individualized. And I just want 
that to be the major takeaway is that we're going to be with you through the tough times too. Wonderful. Beth, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today on A Way Through. Um, For those of you listening, if you would like more information about the Palmer Drug Abuse Program and the 51 years of work they've been doing in the Houston community, you can visit their website at padaphouston.org. Did I get that right, Beth? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. Perfect. And in addition to their website, um, there are some really great community events that you can get involved with through PNAP. They are a nonprofit organization and they are the only alternative peer group that is completely free for families. And so if you have a philanthropic heart and have a way to support a local nonprofit organization that has worked really hard for 51 years to make sure that any person, regardless of their financial situation, can access healthy pro-social events and recovery support for their family, please consider making a contribution to the Palmer Drug Abuse Program. And I'm sure you can get more information about that through their website. And most importantly, continue to help be a, an ambassador for recovery out in the community by sharing PADAP's mission and a little bit of what you heard today from Beth Eversall um, when you are out there just living your everyday life. You know, our hope is that we continue to spread the message that recovery is possible and that there are hope for families that are struggling and there are wonderful organizations out in the community that are ready to serve you or anyone that you know that could be having a difficult time with substance abuse or mental health. So Beth, thank you so much again for joining us on A Way Through. Thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode. Please share this when you can and help direct folks to hearing our message. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. Thanks for listening to A Way Through, brought to you by Archway Academy. The views and opinions expressed by our guests on today's episode are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of Archway Academy. To learn more about us and the topics we discussed, visit us at archwayacademy.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Archway Academy or on Facebook at Archway Academy HTX. Any links we mentioned and links to all of our guests on today's episode are just a tap away in the show notes. We look forward to meeting you here again on A Way Through.